Good first morning of the new year. May the Lord and the grace of the Lord be with you. For those of you who belong to our Reflection family here in California, I have an announcement. And uh, that is, if you knew uh, Ellen Styler, her memorial service is going to be January 20th at Capo Beach Church. Uh, we'll give you uh, more information as we get closer to the date, but I just wanted to let you know. So you can mark your calendar uh, that January 20th uh, will be uh, having her service at the Capo Beach Church. All right. Um, Barb and I live uh, on a street that connects to a very busy street. It's like just two houses, one house away from our house. And people are speeding up and down that street constantly. In fact, there's a motorcycle officer who sometimes parks on our street right at the intersection. And, and I'll tell you, he's not there ever more than four or five minutes before he clocks someone speeding and he's right on them pulling them over. He can do that all day long. Uh, most any day of the week. So um, from Christmas Eve until uh, a couple days after Christmas, that street was much quieter than usual. Well, there's a school down at the end of the street, so that's been out for vacation, uh, Christmas vacation. But that very busy street was, was quiet and it was nice. Then Thursday, when I was walking Kona, uh, I noticed that all the speeders were back. The drivers were driving as insanely as usual. They were tailgating any slow cars in front of them and, uh, and just returned to all of their, their rude behavior. Uh, aggressive, competitive, uh, unkind. And I thought, well, Christmas is over. There are many theories about the Christmas spirit. There are movies about the spirit of Christmas or Christmas spirit. There are books with that title, um, more than a, a couple. And, uh, and people have, have gone back and said, okay, what is the Christmas spirit? How do you nurture the, the Christmas spirit? These warm feelings, the friendliness, uh, that comes around this time of the year, the generosity towards people who have little or nothing. And it seems that the Christmas spirit is something that we have to recover for ourselves every year, that it goes away uh, not long after the new year. It seems that we, we box it up with the wreaths and the ornaments and the lights and, and then pull it out again with the nativity scene the following year. All the polite greetings, all the, the wishes for happy holidays, uh, all of the nice sentiments quickly fade after the new year, and it goes back to business as normal. And people uh, are already reverting to their, their bad habits. Is there anything that Christmas brings to us that we can take with us into the new year and hang on to? Well, the answer is obvious. 
Christmas brings us Jesus Christ, and we don't even have to hang on to him so much as he hangs on to us through the new year. You know, I suppose it would be okay just to pause and think about how wonderful it is that God has given to us Jesus Christ, this, this gentle, kind, loving person who's, who's always good. If he gets angry with, it, with anyone, it's the right people to be angry with, the religious zealots that, that think they corner the market on God. If he's compassionate with anyone, it's the people who need compassion and understanding, the down and outers. Um, the peripheral people or marginal people, the, the sinners. Uh, and Jesus always shows them grace and he's ready to forgive and to, and to bring them home. They're the lost children of, of his heavenly father. So Jesus obviously goes with us into this new year. His last words to his disciples in uh, and, and the very last words of the Gospel of Matthew are, and behold, and think about that, and look, pay attention, and, and, and listen to what I'm telling you. Behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So as long as this current period of time is going to last, as, as long as humankind is here on the earth, he's with us. One New Year's Day, Henri Nouwen wrote down some thoughts about the new year. A new beginning, he says. We must learn to live each day and each hour, yes, each minute as a new beginning, as a unique opportunity to make everything new. Imagine what we could live each day as a day full of promises. Well, that's pretty sky high for me, but um, I think that he, uh, he was serious and that he intended to live that way. He noted that it's difficult for us to live in the present. He says the past and the future keep harassing us. The past with guilt, the future with worries. He describes our, our worries as the what ifs. What if I should lose my job? What if we can't keep up with our rent or mortgage payments? What if we have nothing to eat? What if North Korea sends a missile toward Southern California? What if, what if? All the bad things we can imagine. Our past, he says, haunts us with guilt. Um, I ought to have done something different. I ought not to say such things as what I've said or do such things. I ought to have been a better person, I ought to have thought that through, and so on. Now and says, the real enemies of our life are the oughts and the ifs. They pull us backwards to the unalterable past and forward into the unpredictable future. But real life takes place in the here and now. God is a God of the present. Remember that. Where are you going to find God? In this present moment, always. He says, God is always in the moment. Be that moment hard or easy, joyful or painful. Jesus came to wipe away the burden of the past and the worries for the future. He wants us to discover God where we are, 
in the here and now. I think that's, that's beautiful. And, and, and that's what we take with us. We don't have to work at keeping the, the Christmas spirit alive. Life with the Lord Jesus is the essence of the Christmas spirit. Um, meeting him in the moments of this new year is what fuels the fire and keeps the Christmas spirit blowing. Speaking of fire, it might be a nice touch, but I'm going to turn off the fire behind me right now because I'm getting a little bit too warm. Now, the scripture that's on my mind for this morning is going to take us in a different direction. So just listen to it and I'll explain. This is at the end of the book of Acts. Paul was arrested in Jerusalem, shipped eventually to Rome. And in Rome, he met with Jewish brothers and sisters who did not know him, but they had heard about Jesus Christ and they were curious. So they gathered together and from morning till evening, Paul expounded to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. And some were convinced by what he said, but others disbelieved. And disagreeing among themselves, they departed after Paul had made one statement. The Holy Spirit was right in saying to your fathers through Isaiah the prophet, Go to this people and say, You will indeed hear, but never understand. And you will indeed see, but never see. For this people's heart has grown dull. And with their ears, they can barely hear. And their eyes, they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn and I would heal them. I've wrestled with myself whether or not I should go on with what I'm about to say because it could bring a dark cloud over this morning and I, I certainly don't want to do that in your home or your room or wherever you're sitting right now. On the other hand, it could be beneficial to someone who, who suffers some of the same things I do. So forgive me if, if this is a, a Davy Downer, but uh, I'm, I'm going to go on with this. I've said the in, important stuff, so if you want, you can just stop listening and say, hey, that was great. I'm, I'm all up and ready for the new year. <clears throat> but two days before Christmas, I went to the pharmacy to fill a prescription, and um, I was told that they did not have my prescription or my antidepressant medications in stock. And I said, well, could you get it from an, another store in the chain? It's a nationwide chain. And, you know, maybe I can just drive across town and find it at another store. And they said, no, this is a nationwide shortage. And I looked it up when I got home and sure enough, uh, the company that manufactures my medication lost part of their workforce during the whole COVID epidemic 
and got behind. And ever since October, they've been be behind in providing the medication to the millions, literally millions, mostly children, um, fewer teenagers, and even fewer adults. Millions of people who depend on it. And, uh, and so I looked at the pharmacist. He was a young man and, and well-meaning. And I was so upset because I had called that morning and got an automated text later on. Your medications will be ready for pickup tonight at 8 p.m. So there I was standing at the counter at 8 p.m. and no medication. So I was frustrated. And I said, okay, well, it's not your fault. You know, I didn't want to, um, you know, chew him out. What could that do anyway? He was as helpless as I. Um, I said, it's not your fault. Um, I'll just go home and plan my suicide. Well, I didn't expect him to react like he did. He said, oh, no, wait, miss, wait, wait. And, and I turned to walk away and he said, wait, we can do something. And I turned back and I said, it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> um... You know, not that I didn't think about actually doing it. It's just that, um, I don't know, his his reaction was somewhat heartwarming. You know, someone behind the counter actually gave a damn. You know what I mean? Anyway, <clears throat> this is the one medication that counteracts my attention deficit disorder and the clinical depression that accompanies it. So this past week has been pretty miserable and unsteady for me. Anyway, Thursday, when I read this passage in the book of Acts, it, um, it seemed that God was saying to me, won't you open your heart and turn to me so I can heal you? You know, that's predicated on this last verse that because they weren't seeing and they weren't hearing and they weren't perceiving they weren't turning their hearts to God so that he could heal them and I felt like God was saying Chuck won't you open your heart and turn to me so I can heal you and right at that moment I felt like I couldn't I could not do it I did not have it in me, the strength, the will, or the desire. You know, okay, yeah, I'm going to give religion a shot now because I don't have my antidepressants. I, I wasn't acting as a stubborn child. It just seemed impossible where my mind was. It was like there was a clamp on it. And it, it just not seemed possible that I could turn to God. And, and the thought of preparing anything worthwhile to say on this first day of the new year or or any of the other things that I have to be up for this month, all the thinking that I have to do, um, the hard, you know, grinding out of, of my talks. Um, and I have a variety of them lined up this month. Um, it just seemed impossible. And I asked myself, Okay, it's going to be New Year's. I'm going to give a talk. Do I want to add another year to my life? And the immediate answer was, no. I've had enough years. 
I know that that sounds, uh, well, it is dark, so what can I say? And, but then these verses of, of scriptures, Israel's spiritual disabilities, not seeing, not hearing, not thinking well, lasted throughout the centuries, all the way up to the time of Jesus. And even his disciples, Jesus would ask them, you have eyes, don't you see? You have ears, can't you hear? Are your hearts hard that you, you can't open them? I've always wanted to be someone who sees what Jesus wants to show me, who hears what he wants to tell me, who perceives what he wants me to know and to understand. And he hasn't shown me half of what I've wanted him to show me. So, in this passage, in this moment, I was shutting myself off from God. But as soon as I heard God ask me, won't you open your heart and turn to me so I can heal you? my frozen heart began to melt. I could not resist his tender love, his generosity, his effort to reach me. He was like that guy behind the counter. Wait, don't go. It's not over. It's not hopeless. We haven't tried everything. Let me help. My days since then have not become any easier, and I don't expect them to for a while. Those of you who, who don't need medication, um, who aren't on anti-anxiety or antidepressants or any other similar psychotropic medication, you, you won't appreciate this, but the ADD person not only has difficulty and paying attention and, and knuckling down and, and working through things. Not, not only freaks out when they see they still have a hundred pages left to read in a book or, or three pages to fill out for a loan application or, or whatever, but there's also an emotional component because we've been shamed for much of our lives. We've felt rejected by people for much of our lives because we didn't bring home the good grades or we didn't qualify for the good jobs, or we forgot something really important and, and it's been held against us. So, so depression is not that uncommon for people with attention deficit disorder, depression or anxiety disorders, whatever. So <clears throat> here's God and he's, he's touched my heart and, I, and even though things haven't gotten better. I keep turning myself towards God. I keep opening my heart to him and saying, okay, Lord, you want to be here now with me? And it does bring relief. And that's all I'm doing. I'm just opening my heart and turning towards him. And I don't think God is asking any more of me than that right now. He may not be asking any more of you, but if you are one of those healthy-minded people and can always lift yourself up by your bootstraps, he's probably asking you for a lot more. 
he's asking you for to, to be generous to people in need. Not just at the year end so you can get the tax deduction, but all year through to, to give of yourself, of your, of your time. You know, he's asking for all the virtues. But anyone who's suffering anything, the requirements, he adjusts them to what we're actually capable of giving him each day. So I'm not trying to justify a low spiritual output right now. I'm just saying that, that I know God understands and that he is he's kind to me and gentle with me, as he is with all of us when we need his gentleness. And I have actually experienced moments of joy. The sun broke through and caught me by surprise a couple of times, which, as you know, joy is unfamiliar territory for me, so it's, it's pretty nice. Okay, so my talk today is about moments with Jesus. Nurturing those moments, recognizing those moments, waking up to them, or waking ourselves up and saying, well, this is a moment right now, right, right where I am. Moments while we sit, moments while we lie down, moments while we stand up, even in line at a store, moments when we walk, moments when we run. There are, there's always a moment, a moment of, of vacuuming the living room, a moment of washing the windows, a moment of putting gas in our cars. There's always a moment. There's a moment right now. Enter that moment, the here and the now, and you know what? God is here already in the moment. Do you think you can go back to yesterday to find God? Do you think you have to rush into tomorrow to find Him? He's here now. If at any time that seems hard to come to God in the moment, or if at any time the Christmas spirit slips from your heart, Perhaps when you're taking the lights down from the eaves of the house or dragging the, the Christmas tree to the curb. Imagine hearing the voice of your Heavenly Father asking you, won't you open your heart and turn to me right now so I can heal you, so I can be with you, so I can bring my joy to you? And, and when you hear that, when you remind yourself of that question, see if you can't pry your heart open enough to say, yes, Lord, I can make space for you. Heavenly Father, you are too good to me, way too good, and I'm so grateful. You're good to all those who call upon you in truth. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for adopting us, for choosing us. Thank you for giving us your spirit and your word. And sometimes for giving us words to share with others, to encourage them, to draw them to Jesus or back to Jesus or encourage them in our Lord. Thank you for being with us here today, now, in this moment. And though 
we're only together virtually separated by space and maybe some people by time as they tune in later we're nevertheless one in your spirit in this moment and you're close and whether we feel that closeness or not we can rejoice in your presence now may the Lord bless us keep away all evil and lead us into eternal life in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit <sighs> I'll see you next week hope all is well I'm not going to stand up because I've got my jammies on. Bye.